Welcome to Beating Cancer Daily. Beating stage four cancer for 30 years still takes my breath away every time I say it. I'm Saren, founder of the Comedy Cures Foundation, and I hope you'll join me for just a few minutes daily for the next 365 days so we may laugh, learn, maybe cry a little as we live our best days beating cancer daily together. It's amazing how one sentence in a conversation can just trigger me to want to do an entire episode of Beating Cancer Daily. I was having this conversation with a girlfriend, Barbara, and she said that she helps people love their body part. (laughs) It is kind of a funny sentence to say. And so I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, you know, people might have heart issues or they might have kidney issues or maybe have had cancer and they just don't love that body part. And I find that if I can help them just love the body part, sometimes the disease doesn't progress as much or they don't have as many complications and sometimes people heal, but it's this conscious loving of the body part that's giving you the most aggravation, trouble, or concern. So I was like, okay, I'll go with this. I I don't have a problem with this. I can love my body parts. (laughs) So of course, for me, the first thing I thought about was, you know, my boobs because I had breast cancer, but I also take thyroid medication and I'm supposed to take that for the rest of my life. So I thought, okay, I could love my thyroid too, right? So those were the two that jumped out for me when I was talking to her. So think about it for a minute. What body parts do you need to love? If you're going to follow this with me, okay, you could say, oh, Sarah, this is a little woo-woo, but I'm actually going to show you some research that is really compelling about this. And so I want you to make a list. You can make it in your mind's eye right now, but write it down, put it in your phone, put it on a piece of paper. Let's make a list of just unique to you. What body parts have you stopped loving? Have you disassociated with or are giving you trouble? And they really are causing you aggravation. You're having to take more and more medication because say your pancreas isn't doing its job or your sugar isn't, you know, is so high or your blood pressure is so high. Let's make this list of what organs we need to have a little chat with. We're going to have a chat. And if you're (laughs) my friend, Barbara, we're not only going to have a chat with them, we're going to love them. We're going to give them so much love. They start cooperating. So I'm being a little tongue in cheek here, but I just love this idea. It's so simple. But when you dig into the research, it's actually quite compelling. I read a study on PubMed that said that 91% of women with breast cancer described that they had at least one traumatic event related to their breast cancer disease or treatment. And 54 
additionally responded with intense fear, helplessness, horror. And so when you think about those numbers, those are staggering numbers in a study. And when you look at how people deal with this kind of trauma, it often can result in disassociation. So this practice that Barbara gave me really could be super helpful for us. When you look at the trauma, particularly in cancer, that can be caused just by the way you're told you have cancer. It's a very compelling study. The way a doctor tells you you have cancer can contribute to incredible stress, anxiety, depression, and can cause you great coping problems. So, all right, we might've been dealt the information wrong and that can trigger a lot of problems, but one of the ones that jumped at me was disassociation. That when you're traumatized, one of the ways that we deal with it is by disassociating. For example, I could really just disconnect from my boobs because I had boob surgery, right? And you can imagine as a man, say, for example, if you've had testicular cancer and you've had to have a testicle removed, you could just disassociate with that part of your body, which could then cause a lot of sexual issues because you just don't want to even look at or cope with that trauma. Now, Barbara was talking about just disassociating with a body part, but I want to talk about disassociation in a broader sense too. And this is just a post that I found that I thought really said it very succinctly. How do I know if I'm disassociating? Difficulty handling intense emotions, feeling disconnected from yourself, feeling very emotionally numb all of a sudden, a sensation of floating or drifting, problems with memory. Now, for anyone that's had chemo brain, that's uh, pretty common. I've had it a lot. Uh, feeling as though the world isn't real, confusion around your identity. Time may seem to move differently than normal. So, I'm really a big advocate on making sure that you have the professionals around you, around us that we need going through cancer. And so if you need a nutritionist, ask your team. If you need a psychologist to work with you, ask your team. If you need physical movement, ask your team. You should really not be going through this alone. And I want to make sure that you always know that you can reach out for help and put together even a bigger team. This is a lot to process and making sure that you're as supported as possible is really important. Now, those aspects of disassociating are beyond the exercise that we're just doing here. But I found that meditating every day, and I did it twice a day. Now, 
I do it about once a day with a lot of pauses between activity. And these are all other episodes that you can check out here on Beating Cancer Daily. But I found that grounding myself in a very short meditation and then also prayer every morning really helped keep me connected to my mind, body, and spirit. And again, I have so many episodes on those aspects, and I'd love for you to check them out. So MD Anderson had a really interesting article from September, 2023 by a writer, Rosanna Lynn. And it was four ways to recognize the mind-body connection during cancer treatment. And I've done other episodes on the importance of the mind-body connection, but I thought that this was really interesting because it really talked about worrying not only about side effects from radiation, but also chemotherapy and feelings of depression or nausea. So I just wanted to shout out this article because it talked about a few ways that you could really be in mind-body connection. And one was just letting your feelings out. So dealing with the anxiety, dealing with anger, dealing with sadness and grief, just making sure that you're not holding all that in. Another one is doing a brain dump. Don't try to hold everything in your head. It's exhausting on the mind body. So make sure if you have to-do lists that you just don't keep them running in your mind. You put them on a piece of paper, you write them in your phone, and you really use the mind-body space for healing, for visualization, for this exercise that Barbara taught me about loving the body. And then think about really how you are coping. Don't just cope, but be in dialogue with yourself about how you are coping. Is this just something that you're actively working on or are you passively doing it by escapism, right? So are you just turning on a movie to escape your cancer or are you actually really thinking about how you're coping and strategies to cope better? Another one is self-care really put self-care at the forefront. And I think this loving your body exercise is part of self-care, but just the basic sleep, water, diet, movement, those things really help you stay in your mind and body. So this goes way beyond cancer, right? It could be, you know, the way something is formed on your body. A lot of people say hate their noses, and so they disassociate with their noses or become very self-conscious. So I'm just saying this goes way beyond cancer, but the research about disassociating with body parts during cancer is a very, very high correlation. So let's get back to Barbara. So we make our list, right, of the different things that we either dislike about our body or we have trauma about, and then how do you start loving it again? And she said, number one, just start verbalizing. I love my boobs. Okay. So honestly, I don't really, I've had so much surgery. 
I wanted to have them fixed cosmetically, but the doctors won't do it. One, because I'm a stage four cancer miracle. Second, I had so many surgeries and 44 radiation treatments and so much chemotherapy that they're basically like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Meaning let them be. We don't know how you survive stage four cancer completely. And we don't want to open up a can of worms. And so you're just going to have to deal with this. They're there, um, but they're not perfect and just deal with it. So, okay. I've accepted the fact that I can't have cosmetic surgery and I don't despise them. I just find it annoying and awkward to try to get dressed and make everything, you know, look even. I didn't even have a mastectomy. I just had so much surgery, right? So she said, actually say, in my case, I love my boobs. I love my breasts. I love the fact that they're imperfect and that I have to start verbalizing this affirmation about my body part. Now, I can visualize also, I don't just have to verbalize, I can visualize, I can just visualize me loving them, right? So hugging myself, I can visualize myself admiring them in the mirror. It's creating all these new neuropathways about the old association I had where I didn't love them so much and actually tricking my mind, body, and spirit to really love and embrace them. I can write about them glowingly in a journal. I can write a poem about them. I can write a song about them. I can draw something beautiful about them and put me in that drawing with them, just glowing, right? So happy. I know this sounds crazy, but once she triggered that sentence to me about loving my body part, my imagination went crazy because I'm just so like playful. So I started to think about, you know, giving them an award. What if I gave them an award for being the best breast cancer boobs ever, right? Or just being the best boobs ever and not even qualifying it as having survived cancer. So thinking about my scars and maybe tattooing my scar to become something quite beautiful. There is a person who does photography of people who have had breast cancer and he has an artist who paints them to be something quite beautiful and incorporates them into this painting. And then they photograph them and for two decades, he's asked me if I wanted to have my boobs painted and then photographed in this glorious way. And I haven't done it, but I've thought about doing it and just how beautiful that canvas would look with, you know, my boobs at the epicenter of them. So I would love for you to try this. Take your list, start with one and really start to get creative about how you can, on a daily basis, affirm your love for your body part that's been impacted by cancer. And then of course we can move on from there and just body parts that and organs that might not be cooperating. Like I just thought 
I am pale, right? I'm very pale. And it has been a problem because I'm not able to be in the sun as much as my friends. And it's so much part of going on a vacation is being out in the sun, either exploring or going to the beach. And after cancer treatment, I am even more fair and at more risk for sun exposure. And so it's just been a big drama with me. And I, I'm annoyed by it. I just came back from South Africa and everybody else was just enjoying the bush and safari. And I did too, but I just had to constantly be applying sunscreen and cover it up with sun protective clothing and hats and glasses and overheating from that all. And I just thought if I had heard this before I went, I probably could have taken some of the edge off that annoyance by practicing her affirmations because your skin is your largest organ. So if I could really just shift my perspective, you know, there was a time in history where having this porcelain fair skin was regarded as beauty and royalty. And so maybe a little bit from historical context, you know, to be able to love my pale skin. But I would love to know how this goes for you. And it really thrills me when you go to comedycares.org and you go into the menu and you send me a note or you go to the podcast section and you hit record and you leave me a message. I listen to them and I read them and I'm just so pleased to hear how this goes and how creative you were. If you've listened to any episode, you know that I love to inject humor and look at a topic from a comic perspective also. And I found this really cute cartoon online about disassociation, and I want to share it with you. It's not cancer specific, but we've all done it. Have you ever been driving and all of a sudden you realize that you checked out somehow and you went like five miles and missed your exit because you were just distance from your driving experience. I don't know. I find it kind of freaky when that happens, but it does happen. But here's the little cartoon that I found. You have to imagine it. So there's this girl in the shower and she's putting shampoo on her hair and it says shampoo. And she's kind of like singing along and the next screen is rinse. And then it gets to the next screen and it says apply conditioner. And then <laughs> you get to the next screen and it says disassociate for an hour. And then you see her looking panicked. And then she goes back to the next screen and she's singing and it says rinse. So how many of us have ever been in a shower where we just lost ourselves in the shower and totally did not know that all that time had passed? I mean, it's kind of fun in one way because it can be so relaxing, but sometimes we just get lost on a thought and we totally disassociate from our shower and there we go. So it doesn't have to be specifically related to a cancer experience. Disassociation can happen for a moment or it can happen for long. It's just using the fact 
that we do disassociate for coping and sometimes boredom. Sometimes we do need a mental reset, but that there is a way to use focused love aimed at ourselves to reconnect and to reassociate with a body part that's causing us pain or trouble. I'm so excited for this. If you have any cool ideas how you're celebrating the body part that was either giving you fear, depression, anxiety, stress, if you can share with me what practices you started doing, then I can share them here on the podcast and I can also adapt them. So I hope you have a blessed day and I'll see you tomorrow. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then I'd love to ask for you to go to comedycures.org and check out our membership circle levels. You will find even more resources and more programming like our live virtual Q&A sessions with me, our live Comedy Cures events with our very talented comedians, live health builder workshops with Jackie Bryan hosted by me, a robust monthly newsletter, plus much more. It's really an exciting community. So please consider becoming a member, giving it as a gift, telling your friends, telling your hospital support group all about this community. I can't think of a more empowering way to go through a cancer journey or your survivorship or your caregiving experience than with us at Beating Cancer Daily. It's truly an honor to serve you. Thanks so much. See you tomorrow. Guess what time it is? It's time for me to read the disclaimer. Beating Cancer Daily and the Membership Circle are not in lieu of medical advice or treatment. They are for entertainment purposes only. Please consult your healthcare team to review your best strategy. Thanks for listening.